Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, an author, a worship leader, and an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene. The Voices in My Head podcast is your source for discussions on music, literature, movies, pop culture, theology, and more. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the latest episode of the Voices in My Head podcast. And don't forget to let the voices in your head be heard by following me on Twitter at Rick Lee James and sharing your thoughts about today's show. So let a song go out from my heart. Uh, it's in B standard. And uh, we start from uh, one, okay. four. We do three verses. Uh, we do the A part three times, and then there's a, a B part, of course, that we do twice. Let a song go out from my heart, out from my heart to you, Lord. Let a song go out from my heart, a song of praise to you. a singer, a songwriter, a beard enthusiast, a registered nurse, a Star Wars nerd, a Cleveland sports fan, a husband to Amy, a daddy to Paisley and Bo, and most importantly a Christian. His music is painted with brushes of redemption, faith, hope, and love. Weston Skaggs, welcome to the Voices in My Head podcast. 
Thanks for having me on, Rick. How are you doing, sir? Man, I'm doing very well. And just so that listeners know, uh, the song that was just playing before they heard our voices today is from Weston's album. Uh, the song is called Let a Song Go Out From My Heart, and Joy and Sorrow Meet is the name of the album. So we're really thrilled to get to play some of the music from this album on the show today. Thank you for allowing us the privilege of doing that. Oh, thank you for having me on, and, and uh, thank you for sharing the music. Well, this is our first time meeting voice-to-voice, I would say. We've been talking over email for a little while now, and I've been trying to make this happen. But as you know, and as many of our listeners know, uh, the holidays are busy, so we just finally got a chance to do this today, and I couldn't be happier. I've been enjoying your music and have had a chance to listen through uh, several of your songs several times. And the first question I have is not really related to your music. It's just a curiosity question. Are you related... Mm -hmm at all to Ricky Skaggs? That is a question I get asked pretty frequently, and the answer is cool because uh, actually, if you trace things back far enough, we are. <laughs> all right. Like back to Adam and Eve or like uh, yeah. before that? Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam and Eve, then it funnels back down again at Noah. Um, <laughs> no, no, we, uh, so my uncle actually went to a Ricky Skaggs concert um at one point and he met him after the show and uh my uncle and and uh um, my grandfather are very into family history and stuff and they had said that they'd always been told um that three skaggs brothers came over on the boat in uh before the revolutionary war and one of them settled in western virginia and another in kentucky and another in i forget maybe uh further west and uh he met ricky after the show and he said um he told him that story, and Ricky said, I've heard that story my whole life, too. I'm a Kentucky brother. Which are you? So we're West Virginia brothers. So Wow. Well, that's pretty yeah. neat. That's awesome. Well, factoid there. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, I just had to ask because there's not that many people I run across with the name Skaggs, and he was, uh, truth be known, he was one of my musical influences for sure. I did a lot oh. of listening to Ricky Skaggs when I was in high school and trying to learn how to play guitar better. And man, it's just man. it's hard hard to beat somebody as far as uh, instrumentalist and singer. And he's the king of bluegrass for sure. Oh yeah, such a genius. And and uh, yeah, that would be uh, that would be incredible to uh, have our paths cross at some point. It would be great. Well, maybe on the next album he can come on as your special guest. And, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll have to reach out to him and get my people with his people. He, he's a nice guy. I've run across him a couple times, and uh, we've never done any music together, but he did sign a guitar that I no longer have for me at one point. But, uh, but yeah, he's a brother in Christ. He might do it, pal. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Well, hey, let's ask one other uh, sort of uh, question that's off the beaten path, just because I'm curious from your bio, and I think a lot of our listeners, we kind of intersect between uh, music, ministry, and being a bunch of nerds on this podcast, for sure. <laughs> so the listeners yeah. are kind of kind of run that full gamut. Uh, so let's talk Star Wars for just a moment. We've had a new oh, Star goodness. Wars movie come out. We've had Star Wars-related death recently. Um, there's all kinds of things to talk about Star Wars. What is your personal favorite Star Wars film? Uh, so I would have to go with Empire Strikes Back. That yes. would be – that's five, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty bold move to uh, – especially 30-something years ago to have a movie end with evil victorious. You know, that was 
probably one of the greatest cliffhangers of all time. Yeah. yeah, I love everything about that one. How about you? Oh yeah, that's my favorite too. I'm so glad. If you if you had said any other movie, I'd probably just hang up and. But no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I think no, uh, I think Im- um, Attack of the Clones uh, by far uh, <laughs> the love story of. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I I agree with you. Empire is. I just think it's one of the best examples of of storytelling that we have. Actually, I I don't know why yeah. it's you know technically I guess it is number five. To me, it's always going to be the second one in the series because i you know just growing up that was how i I got used to seeing it but um you know in order of when the films were actually made being kind of a a sci-fi nerd person myself like uh i love the second star wars movie or the fifth empire strikes back whatever you you (laughs) want to call it uh but i also in star trek it's the second one i love too like the wrath of khan of people like that that like i feel like those were both movies that kind of broke the mold and were just trying to be really good films and tell good stories and um and so with that watch this segue watch how masterfully i do this between storytelling from films into storytelling in songs because you are a bit of a storyteller yourself in the way that you write your music. And I think that's a pretty cool thing because your music is very worshipful and we don't always associate worship music with storytelling. I I think mm-hmm. we I think we could and I think we probably should more, but I don't know that we always think of it in that route. Um would would you consider yourself um a storytelling worship leader? That's a great way uh, to describe it. I have not used that moniker before, but uh, that I I find myself using both of those words because I'm you know I lead in my church every weekend, but I, I also have a heart to you know to tell stories and and be in more laid back coffee house situations where I'm I'm kind of telling the story behind a song and, and sharing something to stir thoughts instead of to stir corporate to to encourage corporate singing there's a there's a difference there and yet uh um i think that uh we're at fault a little bit in the industry for allowing there to be a, such a huge line of demarcation between storytelling and and worship yeah. um because i i don't think on the secular uh end of things a lot of artists just write their best songs and whatever type of song that is you know and uh and yet if you're a worship leader lots of times you have to write only only things that are meant to be sung on a sunday morning and that's a little narrow for all the thoughts that i have anyway (laughs) yeah no and it's i i I agree though it's hard and as someone who writes songs myself and is trying to write actively for the congregation probably about 80 percent of the time when i do write uh, Mm -hmm. i do always find that to be a challenge and yet there's there's something that is so uh, that so resonates, I think, in our hearts when we're able to tell a story through a song. And so that's why yeah. at times there are uh, songs that we may not even classify as like congregational worship, but there's times and ways that they tell stories um, that do a fantastic job. So there's a difference to me like um, in that old song like When God Ran by Benny Hester that tells the story mm. of a prodigal son, which is a great storytelling song, but it's not a worship song. But then I think mm-hmm. you have songs like you know, in Christ alone, which actually does do a really good job of sort of telling a narrative and describing things as it goes oh, along. Yeah. And so I like how, at least I feel like when I listen to your songs, I feel like there's a story going into the the worship that's there. And uh, and I, I want to just go ahead and talk real quick, if we could, about the song that everybody came into the show on today, Let a Song Go Out From My Heart. 
Um, I'm really fond of this song, and I this is probably Thank because you. it's the first track on the album. I've listened to it the most uh, mm-hmm. as I've gone through, but it, it's one that reminds me a little bit of uh, Let the Circle Be Unbroken, and mm. sort of this... Uh, it just and, and what I mean that is not like it's copying that. I just mean it's got this feel like you can easily start singing along. And the way that the recording goes, it's almost like people start kind of gathering in as <laughs> as the song mm-hmm. begins. And I love how the the song actually starts out. I mean, it kind of sounds like a rehearsal session, you know, the way that you begin. So <laughs> was it sort of... I'll let you tell the intention, but what what was your intention of sort of starting the album that way? Is it sort of to draw us in together? Yeah. Um, so I recorded uh, outside of Buffalo, New York, with uh, some friends of mine from uh, Chris and Anthony Hoisington from uh, Brothers McClurg sure. uh, band, and I believe that you had Anthony on recently, right? I did, not too long ago. Yeah. We were in Kansas City together at the Worship Leader Conference there. Yeah, those, those guys are incredible, and we crossed paths uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, so Chris and I mainly started talking about an, an album, and, and uh, that might have been the first song that we wrote together. Um, the three of us, uh, Chris, Anthony, and I, and uh, we were talking about all of our influences and things that we loved, and we love, uh, we have a shared love for comfortable music um, and uh, kind of raw uh, recordings. You know, if you listen to old Sun Records uh, sounds and, and things like that, um, that there are imperfections there, um, but there's an endearing quality that draws you into it, you know, sure. if you hear things like that. So um, we just thought it was such a such a laid back uh, worship song that would be easy in a live situation for people to kind of pick up on and mm-hmm. and uh, sing along with. And as we were talking about that, uh, Chris was like, well, why don't we just leave the uh, – we had already talked about how we love when they leave the mics rolling on a recording and just throw in, like, studio banter and stuff. He was like, why don't you just talk the band through um, through the chords and stuff like that? We'll just record a little bit of that and have the album start off with uh, – in this really low-key, laid-back way. And I was like, I love the idea. And uh, it, it seems that uh, uh, a lot of people connected with that um, – laid back opening so yeah well i i love it i think that's why i enjoy that opening track so much as it just almost feels like an invitation and i'll have to say that uh you know chris is a a very interesting producer in in the way that he'll come up with things like that sometimes it's things like that where you go oh it's so simple but like I would have never thought to do it that way, uh, and of course I don't know if you heard uh, Ian Zumbach, who also has worked yeah. with them. He was on my show a while back, and we were just talking about the way that Chris even incorporated like just the record needle and making sort of mm-hmm. the, the pattern of how the record moves and the rhythm, sort of like the rhythm for the song. Which um, again, you things you think like, wow, it's something that should have been in front of my face, but it's just a sign <laughs> of a of a good producer. Yeah, and, uh, and one thing that I remember, and, and you probably would know this better than anyone because you've worked with him as a producer in that mode. But I remember when I met Chris, um, he he just is somebody that 
seems to eat, drink, and sleep music um, all the time. As a matter of fact, I even asked him, I said, so do you have any other hobbies, you know, that you do? You you into movies, comic books, whatever? (laughs) He's like, nope, pretty much just music. (laughs) So I was like, well, it shows because he does a really great job. Um, well, what a, a, a cool opportunity to get to work with those guys, and I, yeah. I want to hear more about that, and I want you to be able to, to share some of that story. Now, your your first album, if I'm not mistaken, was not with them, and that was Dust and Clay in, in, in 2014. Right. Um, did you have a producer specifically you were working with on that one, or was it sort of a self-produced project, or how did that one come about? So Dustin Clay was, was awesome. I have a special place uh, for that because um, I began – so kind of my story arc so far is uh, my brother-in-law is a, a preacher, and uh, he had the heart to start a church in our area. And uh, so five years ago, uh, uh, my wife and I helped uh, begin this church, uh, Christ Church in Sterling, Ohio. Uh, with him, and there was another uh, another guy here who had led worship before, so I just was part of the band. I had played acoustic guitar uh, since I was 12, so I was like, well, I can play guitar. Didn't know anything about being part of a band or uh, anything like that. And after a little while, um, the guy who was leading worship um, moved on, and that left me with... Uh, with the sole duties of leading, and I had never done that before. Hmm. And before too long, I realized there were more things I wanted to say that I couldn't find a song for. And uh, I sat down one day and wrote a song, and uh, that was less than five years ago now. It's kind of crazy. But anyway, I I had a a group of songs that I I took down to a Nashville writer's workshop, Mm -hmm. uh, and there I met Daniel Ornelas, um, who is a bass player for 363, and uh, he's also a producer in his own right uh, there in Nashville. And we hit it off. He liked some of the songs that I had, I had written. And so we recorded an EP down there with uh, with some Nashville studio guys. It was an awesome project and, and a good way to uh, learn a lot about the process. Well, that's great. Now, do you mind if I ask what conference that was? Yes. Yeah, so um, I believe it's still going on. It's a it's an online. Um, it's called Christian Music industry academy okay and i think it's still going on um i was in it for a year and for a pretty um for pretty inexpensively if you're interested in uh writing or um being a christian independent christian artist it's a great resource there's a lot of workshops on there they have people writers like mia fields um on there and uh uh, Philip LaRue was one of the one of the teachers. A lot of industry um, insiders who can teach you how to build a website, how to book gigs, how to do things like that. So it was a great start for me to kind of um, really jump into this in my 20s, having had no experience before. Well, that's that's fantastic. That's great. I know a lot of our listeners will be interested to check out something like that because, you know, it, it's always something that, that I'm learning, and it's something I wish when I had started out that I'd had some sort of, like, musical mentor to do that. So so well done. That's that's a good yeah. plug for people who are in the place of just starting out. Um, now, now, let me ask you. You said you went down to Nashville, and my understanding is that you're in Ohio now. But you say Ohio by way of being a South Carolina boy. So what does that mean exactly? Yes. So um, 
My parents are from Ohio, but they were living in South Carolina when I was born. Um, but as a, as a young lad, I, uh, they moved back to Ohio. Um, but I still feel like I never made that adjustment to the weather um, from my embryonic state uh, <laughs> until now. Uh, so I, I still claim uh, the red clay a wow. little bit. Blood. Awesome. Oh, great. Well, and, and so that means you're still probably freezing. Although right now in Ohio, yes. it's not that cold. Uh, at least not where I am today. <laughs> it's about 50, so that's barely passable for yeah, me. Yeah. I'll accept. yeah, I don't like it a lot colder than that, but I'm afraid it's going to come back and bite us here pretty soon. It just, It's just going to happen. I just know it will. Yeah. Um, well, hey, we could talk about the weather all day, but let's get back to the your music <laughs> again. Um, so, uh, Dustin Clay was something that sprang out of your ministry, and it was uh, something that really was uh, probably something that opened a lot of different doors for you. And mm -hmm. then throughout the years, you met somewhere along the way the Hoisington brothers, or as we would know them, the mm -hmm. brothers McClurg and uh, went into the studio to do some work with them. Uh, what What was that like? Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is for you, because everyone has different studio experiences. What was yeah. the difference in your first studio experience versus working with someone like Chris and his brothers in the studio? Yeah. Um, so everybody's going to have their own uh, environment that they like. Um, the beautiful and per perfect thing about Nashville is that um, everyone there is uh, – is very adept at quickly and economically um, doing their part. And so we recorded um, a single first, and then we recorded the four other songs in one day. Um, and uh, and that was with guys like uh, Terrence Clark, who is Gunger's drummer, um, uh, Scotty uh, Murray, who... Uh, place for Paul Balash and, and people like that. And, and so that, you know, these guys know exactly what they're doing in the studio and there's zero wasted, yeah. wasted time. You know, they can, they can plug in and get your vibe and, and hit it. Um, but in talking to Chris, you know, um, I really longed for spending an extended time in the studio, finding sounds, you know, really crafting these songs in a in a cool space like the old bear studio and uh, and really letting the music breathe. And even if it was more imperfect um, to just be feel like it was a homemade family band kind of album that I had my my fingerprints uh, on. And uh, so I'm I'm really proud of this album in that way, um, being able to express uh, much more exactly um, my, uh, my own thoughts, you know, and my own vibe in that way. But if somebody, especially if somebody is not comfortable in a studio situation, um, or wants to learn Nashville is the way to go because it's just teeming with incredible, um, musicians who are very good at helping you pursue your dream in that way. Yeah, and uh, that's been my experience, too, is go to Nashville if you want it done in record time. But if you want to spend some time, you know, kind of exploring different things in the studio and finding space, um, it, it is probably better with someone like, like Chris. And, and I'm, I've been so impressed. And not that one is better than another, for sure, but if you're going mm -hmm. for a certain sound and 
when you want to have a little more time to work on it, it's it's great to. I think sometimes maybe pull away from Nashville a little bit in some ways. Yeah. Uh, although although my last album was done in Nashville, and I can't say enough good about all the the people that were there. They they did like eight songs in one day. It was just incredible how many that we we got Isn't done. That so yeah. so from that side of things, it's just the musicians themselves. I mean, the people who do this all the time and are just so amazing to sit and watch. And many of them have become like close friends of mine now because of the experience in the studio with them. But mm-hmm. um, it's just it's just different in different places. It's like when you go to uh, somebody else's home. You know, there's um, you know when you're a kid, yeah. you go spend the night at somebody's house. And it's a house, but you know it smells different, and you know it doesn't it doesn't feel the same as where you're at. And I think um, it's it's great to explore places like that studio wise too, because I think not only do you get a different sound, um, the feel of where you are sometimes affects the sound that you're getting too. And and I like that yeah. you were able to just spend a little more time. And like I said, it feels like the album just invites you and welcomes you in and. Um, and doesn't make you feel like you're in a rush to go anywhere, and uh, and that's one thing that I think yeah. is is hard with a lot of modern worship music. Um, you, we we kind of have a pocket that we write for many times because it's something that's tried and true and it's proven, and and we often know yeah. how how a congregation will sing a song, um, but it's hard to to be like super experimental in that too at times because we do want our people to sing along and uh, and trying to break yeah. out of those molds is uh, is the difficult part oftentimes we, we you know we tried to hit that sweet spot of being experimental but also feeling comfortable to people to where they could to where they could connect with it and and that's what what I'm glad to hear back from uh, people like you when you talk about let a song go like there's some experimental things in there that don't really get fully noticed, yeah. but I think you feel it. Uh-huh. Um, when we go into the B section or the, the chorus or bridge, whatever you'd like to call it, we actually like recorded a car driving by. Oh. <laughs> and we have that layered in kind of down below. You don't notice it, but it makes you feel a transition. You know, if you listen for it, you can hear it then. And it makes you feel this like increasing of energy there and then some release there. It's kind of cool. And we were all into just off the wall things like that. On one of the tracks, we recorded rain dripping off of the roof and then just layered it really quiet in the background. uh, Just little little touches like that that Chris and I loved geeking out over at 2 a.m. Well, you know, music is sort of like you know movies for radio anyway or pictures for radio you know in in a lot of ways and there are those little things um that that i think you wouldn't notice but you may miss them if they weren't there and i i i was thinking of uh i can't remember what movie i was watching the other day but there was a film that i saw in the theater and there was this scene that only lasted like it was almost like a, a glance i mean maybe four seconds is all we saw of this scene and I, in my mind, I was thinking, man, that was a really huge like set. 
piece that they used for this very short <laughs> moment mm. on the film. And yet, it, yeah. whatever film it was, I can't believe I've forgotten what it was now. But I remember thinking, like, but if it wasn't there, I, it probably would have, like, been noticeable for such a small part, you know, of the film and where it was. And I think yeah. it's like that with music. I know one time you, you mentioned Gunger's drummer. One of the liner notes of a, a Gunger album, I noticed that one of the instruments they played was the kitchen drawer, uh, <laughs> you know. So at yeah. some point in the song, they had slammed the silverware, you know, in the drawer and, <laughs> and made noise and decided that was going to be part of the song. So that just shows you what you can do with the really good producer as well and one that can really help you feel out those things and help you make it work um well for sake of time i i want to skip ahead just a little bit and talk about another one of your songs if we could sure. i i'm as interested as i am in the song i'm even more interested in the story um you said that there's one song called lay it down on the album that has mm -hmm. to do in many ways with your son Bo's adoption and i wonder if maybe I know this may not all be related to the same song, but in your bio, you, you had also talked about um, your other child, Paisley, and yes. mm -hmm. and your wife nearly dying in the childbirth process, I think, mm -hmm. is, is what I had. So I wonder if maybe you can yeah. talk about Lay It Down, but maybe sort of share the story of your family at the same time as you talk about that with us. Absolutely. Um, so my daughter, uh, Paisley, was born... Um, just over two years ago, uh, she's a little over two now. And, uh, when she was born, uh, we returned to the hospital room afterwards and I was taking pictures of her and everything. And all of a sudden my wife, Amy looked at me and she said, uh, I don't feel good. I'm dying. And everybody like stopped. And, uh, long story short, they rushed her back to emergency surgery with, uh, uh, incredible traumatic blood loss of, of basically losing her. They replaced her entire uh, body of, of blood volume over uh, the course of four hours. And uh, wow. in, in order to save her life, um, they performed a hysterectomy, which means that, you know, at, at 23 years old, uh, she was told that we wouldn't be able to have any more kids, you know. Mm. Uh, so that was uh, right when that was weeks after Dustin Clay came out and uh, and that was just a blow uh, to the gut because there's nothing more um, there's nothing more painful in, in, in this life than um, the loss of expectation of what you think your life's going to be you know and uh, so in in going through that uh, we struggled with uh, things like uh, depression uh, things like post-traumatic stress uh, which are very real and, and we probably don't talk a lot about in the church um, as much as we should. But, you know, she would have these flashbacks of of, uh, of very violent images in her in her mind and uh, from that experience. And in in uh, one of the songs I wrote that came directly out of that is called Out of the Wreckage. And, and that was something from uh, writings of Oswald Chambers that really encouraged uh, my heart and. Uh, then uh, out of that, we decided at the beginning of 2016 to start the adoption process, and uh, we looked into it, and they said, well, it can be a couple of years, um, so it can be a long process. Um, so we started the paperwork for our home study, had a couple of visits with a social worker come out and things like that, and uh, we were not even done with our home study yet. 
when the agency contacted us at the beginning of May um, and said, there's a boy that needs uh, that needs a family. Um, he might have health problems. Hmm. We don't really have any more information, but he's uh, in the NICU uh, here in Cleveland. And, and so we had to tell them by that night whether or not we were open to it with no more information than that, wow. that he may have these health problems. And uh, so we prayed about it and uh, we gave that up uh, to the Lord and uh, said yes. And then it turned out he was perfectly healthy and was ready to come home <laughs> in two days. <laughs> wow. um, that's my son, Bo, and he's a beautiful, happy little guy, eight months old now. But we had that dropped in our lap. You know, we were not prepared for uh, an, another baby in the house. And we we're not pre uh, prepared for that to happen as quickly as it did. Uh, but God knew what he was doing. Um, so that song, Lay It Down, I very closely associate with um, then. It, I think it was already written, but then as I was recording it, I was thinking through this whole situation, just laughing at, at what God does hmm. and thinking, you know, there's always a reason to not do what God calls you to do. Uh, we are fearful creatures and we'll always come up with excuses to not do something, no matter how open the door is for it. Uh, so sometimes you have to take those fears, those anxieties uh, lay him down, you know, at the Lord and know that, uh, he provides for the sparrows. Uh, he clothes the lilies of the fields. And, uh, sometimes we get too wrapped up in our, uh, in looking at numbers and figures, uh, to actually just let go and allow him to, uh, to fill our hands when we open them, you know? Yeah. No, what, what a powerful story and, and a, and a great song too. I, I tell you, I, when that big crunchy guitar chord right at the beginning of the song comes in, I know I'm going to like the yeah. song. It's <laughs> just sonically, I'm like, yeah, we're ready, yeah. let's go. Uh, big fuzzy Rickenbacker. That, oh yeah, man, I wondered if it was because they have their own distinct sound. But you know, hearing yeah. the, the stories that go along with it, it, it makes it an even more meaningful song. And so, thank you for sharing that and and sharing sort of the miracle that God brought about through your family and out of what could have been a very tragic situation. Um, mm -hmm. We could could literally say is, is what the scripture talks about, a, a beauty for ashes situation, I guess we could say, yes. that, that God gives us those things. Well, mm -hmm. we're just about out of time, at least on my end. I'm going to have to wrap it up here pretty soon. But before we go, sure. uh, I do want to make sure and tell all of our listeners uh, the best way to find you. And I think the best way is to go to your website at Weston Skaggs Music. Dot com and mm -hmm. you're you're also on Twitter at Weston's Music W E S T O N S Music and anything else that you would like listeners to know and this is your time to to plug whatever you want to share anything that you have going on or that that's coming up in the near future so uh, feel free to just just give us the full sell right now okay awesome <laughs> thanks man um, so uh, my Twitter and uh, Instagram are, are the same. So Weston's Music, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, I, have a, I have a Facebook um, page that's Weston Skaggs Music, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward uh, to what's coming in 2017. I just recently went part-time uh, from my day job. Uh, which is as a registered nurse, and, and I'm spending more time this year at my church uh, in my worship leading position and also uh, traveling for music. So check out uh, my appearances 
um, on my website. Uh, and if I'm not coming to your area, um, then, uh, hit me up and, uh, maybe I can come out to your area. But, uh, it, 2017 is going to be pretty exciting. We have a set, I have seven shows in six days coming up in, in, uh, a couple of weeks, wow. uh, in the Northeast. So it's going to be good. Yeah, well, that's a that's a lot to do in a short amount of time. So that's wonderful, though. I'm glad to hear that things are, are picking up for you like that. Do you have any shows with the Brothers McClurg plan coming up anytime yes. soon? Yes. Good. Yep, actually, it's going to be a, a run with uh, the Brothers. We are uh, partner artists uh, on Sprig Music um, is our uh, label. Uh, that's out of Watertown, New York. So also with Ian Zumbach, uh, he's a... Uh, on the label, we are label mates. So That's uh, it's an exciting year for Sprig Music and, and us as a group. And uh, so I'll be with the brothers on that run and that at a couple of festivals with them this year also. So. Well, that's fantastic. I hope our, our crowds will pass. I'm doing a show with them here in Springfield in October, so I don't know if you'll be with oh, them or not. But uh, anyway, one of these days, hopefully our paths will cross in person. And it's been really great to not only hear your music, but today to get to kind of share, hear you share your heart and uh, to be able to uh, connect the, the personality with the music behind the personality. So. Uh, Thanks, man. Well, I'm just so glad yeah, to hear that. Good that, to you. Yeah, you too. I'm so glad to hear that things are picking up for you and that you're. Uh, first of all, I, I have to say before we go, just being a registered nurse alone is impressive to me because I always have so much respect uh, for nurses and what they do. I feel like they are sort of the unsung heroes of the medical field that do so much and even so much behind the scene. But then hearing that you're you're continuing to serve in different ways at your church, I mean that's that's an incredible thing, and there's there's nothing better than than serving the Lord wherever He would lead us. So I'm just very grateful yeah. that you are uh, following Him through whatever doors He leads you through. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. It's a it's a year that that will be up in the air in a lot of ways, but uh, uh, will be uh, exciting because of that fact. So. Well, I think we're going to try to close the show today by playing that song we were just talking about, Lay It Down. Uh, listeners, I, I do want you to go and check out Weston Skaggs' music. You know from listening today he's a great guy. You've heard some of his songs. Uh, but go dive a little deeper, and if you can, catch him at one of his shows when he comes to your area. Or better yet, you know, get a hotel room, drive somewhere that's not in your area. You know, go spend the night and go see him wherever he's playing. <laughs> so, well, hey, Weston, thank you so much for being one of the voices in my head this week. Hey, it was a good time, Rick. Thank you, sir. I don't need to stress 
in my head podcast i hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleyjames.com follow me on twitter at rickleyjames like my artist page on facebook at facebook.com slash rickleyjames and keep up to date on what i'm writing at my author page on amazon.com make sure to follow my calendar on the website and if you would like to have me come to your town to do a concert a speaking engagement or a book event you can book me through my website by clicking on the link for pair booking agency That's P-A-R-E booking. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave me a review of this podcast on iTunes. The more positive reviews that we receive, the more visible this podcast is on the internet. And now the benediction. May the God of peace who raised Christ from the dead strengthen your inner being for every good work. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you and dwell within you this day and forevermore. Amen.